For me, it really comes down to always doing what you say you're going to do, not only to others, but also to yourself. I want to make sure that we drive this point home. You cleaned their bathroom, stocked it, and then you followed that up with saying, don't pay me, just pay me later. What's the best decision you have ever made? Marrying my wife. Man. No, has no, there's no, wow. no question. There wasn't about a hesitation. No. I got to work on that timing in I case like, I'm ever asked. Like, so I, can, <laughs> I feel like less of a man right now. You're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys Podcast. Scotty and I got a special show for you today. We are talking with John Scholler of More Than Money Consulting and the Scholler Family YouTube channel. It has got amazing content. There's lots of people out there watching this guy. And his I family. know him as the frugal investor Because out there they're too. really a special family. But yes, the frugal investor. We are a real estate podcast. And that's what initially drew us to, to John. But we're going to get into a lot more than that. John, how are you, my friend? Pretty good. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited for this. Oh, well, we've, you've already made our day. We got, to, we got to chat a little bit before we came on uh, the air here. And, you know, it's always – Scotty and I always say, um, you know, whenever we can bring people on the show that inspire us, that's – always the best feeling when we get up from this table and you know our, our conversation was so interesting before we started recording and we're going to get into to some of that today but uh the yeah first it, to our listeners out there this is going to be a very interesting one not only does this guy know what he's talking about with leverage and real estate and uh the business uh that we're all in but but he's uh got some special lessons out there about how to live life to your fullest and and uh and to, to live a, a, a life worth living. So I, I think it's going to be a very interesting show. Amen. But, uh, but yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a real estate podcast. So we're going to go down that road. So I've been in real estate, actually not for a long time, six years, um, but I've done a lot in that little amount of time. So uh, I, I kind of started off life knowing I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wasn't a good employee. In fact, I was a very awful employee. Quickly realized I don't do well with kind of that authority and telling me where to be and what to do. I'm an extremely hard worker and I do what I say I'm going to do, but it kind of needs to be on my terms or I need to have some control over it because you know some may have, you know, I was watching Alex Ramosi. A lot of people follow him now. And he said that, you know, Good or bad, a lot of entrepreneurs or successful people have a superiority complex. And I don't like admitting that, but it maybe I do in the fact that I always feel like I know a better way to do something or I can do it a little bit better than maybe others are doing it. And that while that may be true or not true, the confidence in thinking that allows you to kind of move as an entrepreneur. And so when I was 20 years old, I was working for a company doing deliveries and moving and stuff. And I quickly realized or I was confident that I could do it better. And I kind of ran the company in my position as an employee as if it were my own company. And that determined to be very fruitful when they were starting to go out of business. All their contractors already assumed I was pretty much an owner or ran the company anyway, gave me all their contracts. I took over the business. I ran a moving slash delivery company for almost nine years. I sold that so my wife and I could go travel nursing, quickly realized that my little retirement there wasn't going to last long because 
I was frankly miserable. I had nothing to work on. I was used to always doing something, having something to do, uh, having a purpose. Um, and this is a lesson to people out there who think that you're just trying to rush to re retirement and drink Mai Tais on the beach. That's not <laughs> reality for most people. You will get miserable very fast. And so anyway, I started looking into real estate. I had some money saved up. We were making okay money. And I said, where can I put my money to work? And what's the first thing that pops up if you Google that? Real estate. <laughs> so I dived into bigger pockets, got on the podcast, got didn't get on the podcast, but listened to the podcast, started to read everything. Um, you know, uh what was my favorite book? Uh, the Robert Kiyosaki book. Everybody yeah, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad. There yeah, you go. So obviously I dived into that. Um, the Millionaire Next Door. I started reading things like that and I said, I want to get into real estate. Um, we moved to West Virginia for my wife to go to nurse anesthesia school. Uh, when we got settled here, I started meeting with every real estate investor in the area, letting them know that I wanted to get invested, wanted to get started. I met with my now partners, Andrew and Steve. They needed what I had and I needed what they had. I was really good at running business and money and managing money. And they were really good at finding real estate and learning the deals or knowing the deals. We joined up six years later. We've now flipped over 200 houses. Um, we've got some rentals. We've got some Airbnbs. I own some personal rentals. And just recently over the probably last year and a half, two years, I've gotten extremely heavy into doing private money lending myself. Oh, nice. That, wow. Is that good enough? Yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah, you're kind of. I mean, you're kind of like us. You're 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 a little bit of a mutt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, you know, and we we kind of we kind of follow that 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 same path. But uh, yeah, at the same time, it's a clear business model. I don't want people out there to think that you just get into real estate and do it all. And I mean, you know, our businesses all support and tie into each other, as it sounds like yours do. Now you'll get some ancillary benefits, like you'll peel off a rental for yourself and things like that. But, you know, staying focused on, on a clear path, and you're somebody who, who keeps us that way, too. You believe in that as much as anybody. Um, you know, we'll go down some side roads once in a while that... Uh, <laughs> hey, I've got us off. I've got us off. We're cleaning up the feet right so now. Like, yeah, but, yeah. but in general, we, we stay focused. There's so much that you covered there to touch on. It sounds like you hit the ground running with real estate in a way by being humble enough to admit you don't have the answers going around talking to people learning um you're sounds like you're a vor voracious learner whether it's podcasts or reading um and i i find that interesting because it's kind of how clint and i both got into it those same two books inspired me to get into real estate so tell me so you, you were already in west virginia and you're going out talking to all these investors trying to find somebody to match up with or are you just just trying to learn I was just trying to learn actually, but I, I like the idea of kind of joining up with somebody. And I preach that a lot now is like, you know, JVing or joint, uh, joint venturing or partnering with somebody, or even on your first couple deals, it can help with accountability. Like if you're someone who's been talking about doing real estate, talking about it, reading the books, doing podcasts, but you haven't taken any action, get around people that do take action and offer whatever you're good at. So like you, you talked about being humble. That's exactly what got me joined up with Andrew and Steve. They didn't know how much money I had saved at the time because frankly, I was very hesitant to tell anybody that I had at the time hundreds of thousands of dollars set aside because I thought they might take advantage of me or only want to partner with me or do something with me because I had that money, not just Steve and Andrew, but anybody. Mm -hmm. So I was very hesitant to tell anybody about that. But and I stayed like that for the first for a little while in our in our business partnership. But I brought things to the table like 
they could see that I was a go-getter right away. And like you said, staying humble. I remember my first week in the office. I came in to help them with some consulting. This is kind of how we joined up. I knew social media. My wife and I ran a travel social media Instagram, and they were trying to build there. So they're just bringing me in the office to consult on their social media. But I quickly showed them I was much more than that, and I kept my ears open. So if you're new to this game, somebody, no matter what level they're at, always needs something. Or they're doing something they don't like to do in which you could take off their plate. So I knew they just moved into this brand new office. And while I was in there, you know, uh, somebody went to use the bathroom and said they were out of toilet paper. And they started saying that they were, you know, that, that bathroom really needs clean. They weren't talking to me. They were talking amongst themselves. Guess what I did? The next day in that office that I was coming in there, not paid yet, I was nothing yet. No, no talks of partnership or anything. I got there 30 minutes before everybody else. I completely cleaned their new office bathroom and stocked it with every product that needed. The millionaire this is next really, door. This is really random, right? Mm-hmm. It's super random. I get it. But think about what that looks like to somebody who just met you of like, We didn't even ask him to do this. And if he's going to do this on something really random and small like that, what will he do like on a real task or in a real partnership? And so I quickly did the, I did these things, you know, I didn't have to do them, but, and I also like in the first year of partnership, this took a little while and we don't have enough time on here to talk about how it all rolled out. But the first year I said, y'all don't have to pay me, pay me on the back end, but let me prove my value first. A lot of people aren't willing to do that, but what do you, what is your value to coming into a partnership or coming into a relationship if you don't have any real estate background and if you're not going to either say you have money or don't have any money, you got to prove yourself otherwise. And that's kind of what I did. And it all worked out. Um, and it is what it is today. But if you're just getting started in this, stay humble. Don't be afraid to ask for help, but also keep your ears open. Somebody always needs something and you can provide value to them in which will allow them to join in with them even if it's just temporary. I want to make sure that we, we, make, we drive this point home. You cleaned their bathroom, stocked it with you know, supplies, and then you followed that up with saying, don't pay me, just pay me later. Yeah. You know, well, I, mean, I mean, if you talk yeah. about you know, like, you know, doing what's necessary to make an impression and then also knowing your value to where you, know, you can improve a situation and just worry about money later, I mean... It's freaking incredible. I mean, that's that's a, that's a that's a heck of a story. Um, I don't know. It's I, Scotty and I are big on work ethic. You know, big on work ethic. You know, we hate people making excuses and saying, um, you know, that uh, you know they're always the victim. You know that that whole world. So like, you know, whenever we see other people that you know dive into something, that's. It's inspiring. Yeah, we us. we started. We neither of us had anything. You know, we started this because we were both too too uh, too stubborn, like you, to go out and didn't get jobs. Want, didn't someone want a boss over us telling yeah. us what to do? Like <laughs> and, you, and you so know, and it. no one mm-hmm. taught us this stuff. We just learned it the hard way. So when people come looking for answers and aren't willing to just jump in and do that, they're not for us. So I love that attitude. Talk about believing yeah, in yourself and talk about learning from uh, the millionaire next door. You, you you got a millionaire in there cleaning toilets and saying, don't pay me for a year. I mean, you soaked that book in for sure. You know, that was the lesson. Absolutely. Like if you, I think the biggest thing I would say, like people ask me like, what determines success or what determines like your value? And for me, it really comes down to always doing what you say you're going to do, not only to others, but also to yourself. So if you made a promise to yourself that like, I'm going to go to the gym four days a week, you have to develop something. And I guess maybe I've been fortunate with this. I call it my inner voice or like 
the person that holds me accountable is yourself. Because unless you hire somebody to hold you accountable, it's going to be very hard to find that person. Because a lot of people are, you know, self-obsessed. They're trying to worry about their own goals and things that they got to get done. Um, so I like to have this inner voice of like, it's sometimes hard on me, but it's like, I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't feel like going to the gym today, right? I don't feel like going. We all have this discussion. This inner voice though is right there, and it goes, "Well, if you don't go today, you might not go tomorrow. Why aren't you going? Like you need to go to the gym. Like what's your excuse?" And I've developed like this inner discipline that's super strict on myself. But it, I always make sure that if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And 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 the same goes with myself. And I feel like that's gotten me further than almost anything else. I'm not highly educated. I barely graduated high school. I was I had like a 1.9 GPA. I was told the last two weeks of high school, don't even come to school. If you come to school one more day, you're probably going to not be able to walk because you have too many discipline write-ups. Like you're just, you're not doing anything here. I wasn't going to go to college. Uh, I think I was like 154 out of like 160 students. It, it wasn't great for me, like my outlook. And so I quickly realized that like, I can't provide, like, I'm not going to go to college and get, like, that normal high-paying job that most people seek after. So i got to provide value elsewhere. And I quickly realized most people don't do what they say they're going to do or stick with a plan for long enough to see it through or make that initial sacrifice. And I've always been good at delaying gratification. And so I think that gets people, will get most people further than almost any other type of skill set you could have in my in my opinion, Clint's real worried about the uh, the lack of ability for delayed, um, you know, delayed, like you said, gratification, but more than that, delayed, uh, you know, uh, revenues from hard work that takes a long time to do it. He sees he sees a trend out there, and we talk about it a lot of people not willing to put uh, play the long game as much anymore, and and not to just throw millennials under the bus because I think it it's becoming across the board more and more and there's a lot of reasons behind it but i i think that there's a couple of qualities there that you've mentioned that are i we agree are so important we work with some old we do some joint venture stuff with some old school guys that uh they if they walked into denny's that you know they wouldn't they wouldn't think that they could pay the bill but you know they're carrying 20 million cash you know (laughs) at, at all times but you know we've been doing business with them for so long that we each look each other in the eye we tell each other what we're going to do and then we do it it's as simple as that it doesn't matter what goes wrong or what you follow through and we think that's really important but what's your message for these younger folks about this you know this instant gratification people need especially in business and in real estate and we believe in the long game in real estate i've been doing this since 1998 clint since 2001 and we play we play almost exclusively the long game um so what do you what's your message to that younger generation how do you overcome that that desire yes i think that I think this is twofold and I'm a millennial by date. Uh, I think I'm 36 and I think the cut, I don't know what the cutoff is. I think I'm within a couple of years, but I think I'm technically a millennial. So, you know, and, and I, I think we got to remember who raised the millennials, right? A lot of it comes from home. A lot of it does. And I'm not saying millennials don't have a different outlook or maybe their work ethic isn't there like the older generation, but we've lost, we've lost something along the way. And it's, It's easy, I think, to blame the younger generation, but sometimes we forget who raised them, right? And I think a lot has to do with who raised 
Who raises you? Like, what, are, what values do they instill in you? And it's while it might be easier to blame the 18, 19, and 20-year-old, and eventually it does become your fault, right? It's not. I'm not going to take blame away or do the victim thing because eventually it does become your fault. But I think that we got to remember how to raise our children properly. And I think a lot of that is we need to start educating them, not on just on being working hard, but also the working smart hard. I was never taught about Roth IRAs. I was never taught about investing my money. I, I got great work, work ethic, which is great, but that can also end you up in a really hard nine to five job for the rest of your life. You know, working your whole life away and not spending time with your family or not traveling or doing things you truly love just because you have the work ethic part. That's part of the equation. But we really need to start educating our youth and educating, like, I mean, it's across the board, really, but on, like, what to do with the money you've worked so hard for. We have this huge gap in our overall system that we're just not teaching people what to do with money. That information is out here, and I feel like sometimes we feel like it's easier to grasp, and I've had to like be educated on this a little bit with my clients. I feel like, oh my gosh, how do you not know what a Roth IRA is, or how do you not know what an ROI is? Well, we live in this world, right? We live in this world, but all of us on this call right now, at some point, you know, didn't know what ROI meant. Didn't know what interest rate meant. And we had to educate ourselves, right, and get around that environment. And some of that was by happenstance and luck. But I think we really need to start doing that. And the accountability needs to go across the board, both on the both on the younger generation. I'll just say younger generation because I think we even have, like, Gen Z now. Right. It's hard for me to keep up with all of it. Mm -hmm. But I think the younger generation needs to seek out the information more. And the older generation needs to get better at, like, you know, uh, I don't like handouts, but a hand up. We need to like start like extending that education and get it into the school systems and telling people that college isn't the only way, right? Yes. Maybe that's not the best investment. Do you know how to calculate the ROI on your degree? Because if you're going to spend $200,000 in an Ivy League school, but that degree earns you forty grand a year, that's not a good ROI. It's right? like if I'm talking to Clint right here. It this really is. is. It's, it's literally like I'm looking in the mirror here talking to Clint. Well, it really is. You know, well, well, I, it's the truth. I think we're quick to blame you know they got the boomer you got people picking on the boomers you got the people picking on millennials but it's across the board in my eyes and i think we just need to somehow manage figure out a way to get a system together get it into school systems make it prevalent in school systems i'm not talking about one dave ramsey class you know a semester it's got to be more than that it you makes know, you no give, sense they give you more so they give you more semesters of spanish and how many of us remember right. that uh, <laughs> teach teach them how to balance a damn checkbook just start with the basics the very basics. I always talk about, you know, I took four years of German in high school, and I can tell you how old I am and what my name <laughs> right. is. Right. You know, right. That's, that's where it stops. Four years. Yeah. You know, German. But, you know, and, I, and I'm a big, you know, as you've seen, you know, college, you know, costs, you know, skyrocket. But yet, you know, in our business, we struggle to find tradesmen. You know, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, you know, people and, you know, I mean, the, the good ones that we know and like how much money they're making mm -hmm. and how successful they are and how, you know, they, they, they can kind of create their own path that, you know, education is not just, hey, go into college. You know, I think it's important that we educate our, our kids that college isn't maybe your path. You know, uh, yeah. my best friend in the world is an HVAC technician. It's he did, he's very, very, very successful. Runs very. his own shop and, very. you know, very successful. So, so anyhow, I, it's easy to kind of uh, point the finger at millennials. I think the name millennial probably do, doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't help out. Yeah, you know, it's just no, I, I, you know, Generation X and Generation Z and you know all that just sounds. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, there, there was a difference. Uh, it, there was a shift around that time, and so it's easy to just 
paper the millennials. But there was a shift overall with everyone, you know, that that we see. And that that accountability, like you, one of the things that you mentioned was that you taught yourself these things, ROI. You know, you taught yourself these things. So they, no one taught us these things either. We have to. We had to go out and get it. And it separated, that was the first hurdle that separated out the weak from the strong was who would go out and educate themselves. And we need to lower that hurdle because we, we've got to get this next generation up and running and making good money, knowing what to do with it, making making good long-term decisions. So the more, that's part of why we do this podcast. We have a, we have a simple... Uh, um, amortization or a just a uh, interest calculator on our on our website mm-hmm. we're not we're not in the business of of savings accounts or anything but we just wanted to show people those simple things so we're right behind you with that we believe that financial education and whatever we can do that we learned the hard way um, try to pass that on and I, I think it's neat when someone like you has built such a big following I mean just such a huge following uh, by giving this stuff. Um, and then you have the more than money that uh, call that people can listen into. Is that how that works? Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, so that that was that was kind of our way of giving back. Now we do charge for it, and that's to keep the riffraff out. If you, there's a free service out there, you're going to deal with a lot of spammers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's fifty bucks a month. Yeah. We go live two times a month. Okay. I'm on ninety five percent of the calls. My partner is the FI couple. They have like over a hundred thousand on Instagram. There are partners on this along with my wife and I. And two times a month, we pick two different topics. You know, like just last night we went live. We talked about midterm Airbnbs. Sometimes we talk about Roth IRAs. Sometimes we talk about how to talk to your HR department about your structure and your 401k. This is just stuff that like they don't teach in school. And if you were to like, I try to tell people if they could calculate the ROI and joining something like more than money, don't join our group, join any group, but just join a group. I like our group. I'm biased towards our group. And I know that I'm giving you great, great information, but join something that's educating you because let's say for $50, you paid that and you figured out what a Roth IRA was for the first time. And you started contributing to that at age 27. And otherwise you never would have. We're talking about like, if you were to max a Roth IRA from the time you're 27 to the time you're 60, that's an extra 1.2 to 1.7 million tax-free money you would have at 60 from a $50 investment in your education. That's insane to me. Like that information is not going to fall in your lap. You're going to have to seek it out. Yeah, we and show people we show people that on an interest calculator. If you start saving at age 21, $100, $100 a paycheck and then you retire when you're 62, what that number is. And we in the comments, it's always the same thing. It's that doesn't add up. That people don't understand the concept of, of compounding interest. Compounding interest. You know, and, and the concept of savings. And they almost like poo poo on it. Like they 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 don't almost poo poo on it. They I do. mean they they, they they you're the one <laughs> talks about it most of the time and they think that you're the biggest idiot this world. For saving. <laughs> like because I, because I encourage people to save. I even know. if it's even if it's a dollar a month to start, just to build those habits and to set up the system and the structure of it all. Even if it's a dollar. And well, we talk about yeah. that a lot. We talked about that with the instant gratification. We we we've seen a a shift where it seems like the younger generation don't buy into more of the Dave Ramsey type, you know, mentality. That you know, they think that that's 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 silly. Yeah. It's more of the uh, 
the the you know the the Grant Cardone just more and more and more and more right. and more yeah. and all this all this stuff. Not and, you know, Grant Cardone. Yeah, you know, we're not we're not we're not fans on this show. But yeah, you know, but Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is not right about everything. Like I'm not no. anti credit card, but the thing is, is Dave Ramsey's right for about ninety percent of people. Ninety. Right. For about I would 90% say ninety eight percent of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, probably. I just you know most. People like to skip steps, and Dave Ramsey's like, if there's ten steps, Dave Ramsey's one through seven. Yeah. Like, get through those, and then sure, start leveraging your credit cards to get points, and and start leveraging debt, and take out loans, and borrow money. Once you're fully educated on all of on how to do all that and how to structure all that, protect your downside, and understand contingency plans and all of that. But if you're out here and you're carrying two hundred thousand uh, dollars, two hundred thousands of student loan debt paying 20% on, on credit card debt, and you're talking to me about like leveraging debt to buy your first rental property, you've skipped steps. You've skipped some steps, in my opinion. Tell you, us about you're it. Just gonna, you're That's- just going to dig a deeper hole. Like the, People always I always argue this with people. It's like, oh, if I had a million dollars, I'd be fine. If I had two million, I'd be fine. And it sounds that way, but I promise you, most of you would be in more trouble. Yeah. You would be in more trouble within six months because you're not going to pay off the, you might even pay off the old debt, but you're quickly going to leverage that one or $2 million to go into bigger types of debt. And then you're not going to have a plan for that three, five, 10 years down the road when that money's gone, just keep paying those notes. And you're in much bigger trouble than you were if you only had the hundred grand. Learn how to manage the money you have first before building bigger and better money or at the same time, at least, because if you don't know how to manage it, it doesn't matter what you make. My wife's a CRNA. She makes great money, you know, up to a quarter million dollars a year if she worked full time. And she's surrounded by people in the same field that are still paying their student loan debts 15, 20 years after they graduated. And, and they have to work. They have to pick up shift. My wife works the day she wants to work out of the month. And that's it. We've been fortunate to be financially free for the last three or four years now, and we still work to accumulate and build a better life and secure our future. But most people in her field are working because they have to. And if you're making 250 grand a, a year, you should be debt free and have a substantially good life for yourself within year five minimum, in my opinion. In my opinion, we otherwise agree, I don't know agree. where the money's going. We agree. Where's the money going? We, my only bone to pick with Robert Kiyosaki, and well, he he has turned more into a tin hat kind of guy with aliens coming and everything. But nonetheless, my main bone <laughs> to pick with him is that he preaches about leverage, but he doesn't differentiate the line between you know getting financially secure understanding leverage the education and then using the power of leverage the power of leverage for folks like us and you we can do it we we understand the risks the downside we can leverage cheap money uh, with also having reserves to pay it all off if it all goes wrong but for the common person leverage should not be used in life it just shouldn't not until you're all the way educated up and running and have built some wealth I'm not talking riches. I mean, actual wealth is when you can, should start leveraging. So that's my only bone to pick. It's, and most people would be just fine without ever using leverage. Correct. In fact, I try to avoid, in our flipping company, we do borrow, borrow money to, to do the flips. We do too. But yep. I, I'm at a point now, savings-wise, where I really wouldn't have to do that. I, I like lend, I'm a lender now. I like being the bank. I like being the lending side of it, especially because I know how to find deals that are paying, you know, 10 to 18 percent on average. Um, and, and I'm an active private money lender, but I love the private l- lending side. But I think that 
I think that, like you just said, people just don't understand the risk that they're getting into, and they immediately start following the the flashy people like Grant Cardone, and they're like, 10X, or if you're doing this, you're an idiot, or if you have money sitting in the bank, you're an <laughs> idiot. And I said, there's a, I always preach to my clients, there's a right, there's a, I guess, a technically right way to treat money, and then there's the right way for you and your situation and your risk aversion. I know, I know people worth... All of our rentals are paid off. I'll, I'll just say us. All of our rentals are paid off for my wife and I. Do they need to be? Nope. Could we refinance them when interest rates were 3%? And do I have a small better, bit of a regret there? Maybe. But I don't like owing anybody money. We, I don't like it. We pay down so our properties. This is my guy right I know. here. We this pay down guy. our properties <laughs> at an accelerated right rate. Like I just, right. I just want to sit here and take notes. That's right. my guy. <laughs> I mean, this you is know. that's how we operate too. We we lived through 2001, which people forget was a big bust in the real estate market, and 2008. So we were both around for those. We saw people that were high wealth and smarter than us. And I mean that they had more wealth and more intelligence than us go bust in both of those market downturns because they misused leverage. They over leveraged. They got in, they fell in love with leverage. You didn't miss out on anything by not refinancing those properties at 2%, sir. You did the right oh, thing. I, I, I know that. I'm just saying that, I, like, you know, I just say our duplex or say our quadplex is worth 250. You know, I could have pulled 150 grand out of that and put it back to work and put it to work at 12% lending it out. Yeah. But it's like, that's a lot of movements to make. It's a lot more risk to make a little extra money, in my opinion. Now, is it the smartest thing to do with your money? Is it the technically the best use to maximize return? Yes. But also, how do you sleep at night? What's your? I, I'm not a risk-adverse person. I'm a risk-real person. And people confuse the two oftentimes, especially when we go into markets like we might be getting into now. It's like, oh, you thought you were smart because you owed all this money or were leveraging all this money. But now are you going to make the payment when people stop paying rent? Like, people just... I th feel like people don't account for the negative. And if you do account for the negative, now you're a negative person. It's like, no, I'm not a negative person. I just want to make sure my butt's covered in a worst case scenario. Totally. And that helps me that helps me sleep better at night. Totally. And you know, I, I, I talk about it on our show here all the time. It's a state of mind. And if you start out running loose and you know, leveraging your investments to the hilt, when do you stop? You know, it just, that ball just keeps rolling and it just gets worse and worse. Otherwise, you know, I mean, if you take the uh, the Dave Ramsey approach, which to a lot of people is not very sexy, you know, it's, it's either owning um, outright or stabilizing it with tons of equity in it and then adding on and, you know, stabilizing and having tons of equity and then adding on, you know, it's part of a mindset and that mindset will work over the long term, that running hot and you know, 10x and more, more. It's not about that. Requires the market to deals. only go up. It, it does not work you know, in a flat or downward market. And we're talking about in uh, you know our market of Indianapolis. We don't see the huge jumps that other markets do, and we still watch people completely lose their shirt during the Great Recession because we saw a five. 10% pullback in our real estate prices. 5-10% that sunk people. You know, if you get in some of these other larger markets where you see 15, 20%, 30% pullbacks, I mean, you're going to be in the bankruptcy line, you know, much much quicker. But uh I, anyhow, it's I foresee a lot of people in trouble in the next, you know, starting now up into the next 3 or 4 months because they started bird deals back in you know mid in the summer they started rehabbing oh, bird yeah. deals and now when they go to refinance that property and it's worth 50 grand less 
I hope you have money to bring to the table. Look, we're we're good. I would say we're a great flipping company. We've done over 200 deals. We just accounted for one of our flips to bring 10 grand to the table. And we know what we're doing. We got a little bit overzealous in the summertime with the, with the ARV on one property and the contractor kind of screwed us. And we still made my, we still actually the projections show that we'll make about 25 on it. But that's projections. Why not? You better have a contingency plan. And I'm so always true. super conservative. But look, if you do 200 flips throughout your lifetime, you're going to lose on a couple of them. That's just how it goes. Just but, happened to us. Yeah. So just we, we still do six to 15, I'd say six to 10 a month because they're for the last year, about six to 10 flips a month. And we, we've had to bring cash to three in the last three months. Mm-hmm. Yep. Three in the it last happens. three months. It happens. I don't, I don't lose any sleep over it. It is what it no. is. But because the other six are going to make money. Yeah, right. and, and and you know it's part. I was of just it. grateful that they were over. I know. I sent a wire last Friday to a closing. You know, I, 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 I drove to the bank and it was the best eleven thousand dollars I've ever spent because that house is gone. Money. Good just luck. gone. It's called yeah. pain to get rid of a headache. Yeah, down with that. There's there's some I'm like. I don't care if we bring ting. I don't want to hold it. Right. I don't want the property. Just right. get it, get rid of it. I'm paying to get rid of a headache, and I'm buying sleep back. But yeah, anyway. So if you guys are listening in and you're new, this is three quote unquote professionals in the business that all said we've lost money on flips in the last two to three months, and we know what we're doing. So if you if you think you're just going to run into this with no contingencies, and I'm not trying to scare you away from it. I'm just saying learn first. Learn about contingency, learn about risk, then invest. Otherwise, you're going to hate this game. There's so many people that rush into this and don't know everything they're doing. And they're like, oh, rentals suck and and investing in real estate. And then they teach their kids that real estate sucks. And it never stops from there just because they didn't do it right in the first place. Yeah. Well, I could... We're so like-minded, John. It's 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 kind of it's kind of scary almost. But uh, and I could sit here and talk to you forever about real estate. But I want to talk about the Scholler Family YouTube channel because we got a chance to talk about it before we came on air. Um, and I know it's blown up. You got you got a lot of followers, but you're still growing. Um, but you know you're you've got a, a very um, interesting family, and it's a lot just because I mean you've got you know, strong family values, you're a hard worker, you guys, uh, you know, just recently adopted, uh, you know, a daughter, your your wife's got a strong work ethic, just like you. Um, so just anyhow, tell us a little bit about well, it. Let me just like, explain to folks, though, too, mm-hmm. there's, this is hundreds of thousands of people watching this show every week that he's putting out these videos. I mean, he has advertisers, you know, reaching out to him, wanting to be a part of this. So besides his real estate stuff that he's, he's great lessons in there. He, he obviously, we, it's like looking in a mirror with twin, with a twin for Clint, you know, say the same thing. (laughs) So, so follow him on that, but his family stuff, it's unbelievable. It's really neat. And it's neat how the crossover brings them into his real estate life and the real estate people, you know, bump into the, the family life. I found him through real estate first and then the family, but this, this is a big show and he's doing neat stuff. So tell us about that. Yeah, it's about four and a half years ago, almost five years ago. My wife and I challenged each other to each start a YouTube channel. She just got started in CRNA school, uh, nurse and nurse school, and I was getting started in the real estate. And we said, okay, let's do it. And we each made a video a week, uh, and we we still are. My channel slowed down a little bit, and I'll explain that. But 
we uh, we both started pumping out content. My wife took off. First of all, she's prettier than me. Right. But second of all, um, uh, nursing school is much more a broader spectrum than real estate, and she just made probably better content. I'm not going to give any excuses. She, her channel kind of took off. She started making money on YouTube within three months. I made a year of videos, actually a year and three months of videos on my channel about real estate before I made a dollar. Every week for a year and three months, which was hard. Um, and some, some of those videos were tougher to make than others. But anyway, we started doing that. And uh, her channel was growing and having some success. And then she got she graduated. She finished nursing Nesta school three years later. And uh, we didn't know what else to do with her channel. So we just kind of started filming ourselves and our travels and stuff. And then we started to foster. And we fostered our now daughter. And people followed that journey. And we eventually adopted um, a, a little over a year ago. And so Tiana, our daughter, came into our life. And people just gravitated towards our story and all that we do. And we travel. We probably travel at least. I don't know, 10 to 12 times a year at least. And these are big. We just got back from Bora Bora for two weeks. Like nice. we're doing, we went to Switzerland for three weeks. Like we're doing like, I guess you would say bigger trips. And this is our why. Like when people ask me, what's your why? And literally my why, I think I made an Instagram post is to travel indefinitely with my family. Yeah. That's my why. Like I just, I love to travel. I'm not a very big, I'm not into stuff. I like cars. I like a Ferrari. I like a Lamborghini. I could have them. But I've bought nicer stuff before, and I know that it wears off after a couple of weeks, and then I end up just cleaning it and worrying about it. But one thing that never stops for me is travel and exploring new places. So we highly leverage our low cost of living area that we live in Charleston, West Virginia, to travel anywhere we want, whenever we want. And so that our family channel, the Scholler family, has become about our family and our travels. And we've exploded to over 200,000 subscribers now. And we're growing pretty quickly. And we do about a vi we do a video a week, and we have we have another 160,000 on TikTok, 110,000 on Instagram, um, and we're building our Facebook page. So we have about about 400,000 or more followers across all of the social media platforms, and it's quickly allowed us to do our why while getting paid and it's a job technically for our now four-year-old daughter so she gets to max out her roth each year <laughs> and so this has been incredible she's been maxing her roth since she was two years old uh sorry three years old we had to wait on getting her social security number uh, but she's going to she will have just in her roth account hundreds of thousands of dollars by the time she's 18 just because she has a job at two or three, at three years old, um, because technically we could tell the IRS that our channel wouldn't make the money it makes without her. Right. So she's a child actress, if you will. Hmm. And so it's been great. And if you guys know this rule, or don't know this rule, you can pay your kids up to twelve thousand dollars a year, um, and that's a complete write off to the business. And the child owes no taxes on that because of the standard deduction. So not only does she get twelve thousand in her account we get the twelve thousand right off on the business and six thousand of that goes into the roth which is actually pre and post tax free each year he buys his kids a house they each get a house each year he buys there his you kids go each i love house. it i love yeah. that my it kids are grown now well. so i'm off the hook mike i'm empty nester i'm off the hook there you go so i'm there done <laughs> I, I i'm pretty uh i'm pretty enamored with the Scholler family youtube channel yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be 
um, I've started watching it whenever we knew we were having you on the show. I, I, I started getting into it. I saw you guys at Costa Rica and Tiana in a hammock and, you know, uh, I haven't, I haven't get to. <laughs> That's have, her working. I know. You, mean, you know, saw her working. But, you know, uh, I'm anxious to see you guys in Bora Bora. I went to Bora Bora not too long ago and it was like Beautiful. the greatest place. Yeah, he I travels at least 15 times a year. I'd say I travel a lot, yeah. but I, we're we're kind of in a Disney phase now. I've got three and six year old daughters. I'm pretty old to have such young kids, and like they just they they love 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 Disney, and because they love Disney, I love it too. Like yeah. we just, every we, few months they're there. We just we I'm just, trying to avoid it. I've been yeah. trying. I'm holding. He off. loves she it. She watches. She doesn't watch a lot of Disney characters yet. She's into more like some Netflix stuff and like. Uh, um, like Bluey and things uh, like is Bluey yeah. Disney? I'm not it sure. But anyway, yeah, she hasn't asked to go to Disney Quit yet. Fighting like, it. Quit fighting it. Here's my advice. I know. Yeah. He I loves know. it. He loves it. And, and lines so, and crowds give me anxiety. Me but too. I, I'm going to. Is do you buy the fast pass? Well, well. now now they've got it different. Where you there's a genie app. It's called a uh, you know the genie plus Disney app, and if you. You can book, you can plan your day out, you know, like the morning that that you get up to go to the park. You know, and you're talking that there's like four or five rides that really have long waits at each park. You know, if you pay uh, two, three hundred bucks extra per day, you can plan. So you're going to go to to this ride at one o'clock, this ride at three. But you know, there's also a uh, the VIP. Tell him. Yeah, there's also a VIP tour. Um, I was going to do it this time, but my mom and mother-in-law didn't go at the last minute. My daughter had broken her foot, but you know we st- oh, no. we still went. That actually kind of worked out because we got the red tag disability plus, so <laughs> oh, we, got, yeah. we, got to, we didn't have to wait on anything. But anyhow, we were going to do this VIP, and they come and pick you up at your hotel, um, and then they take you in all these back entrances. So they drive um, you around on like an Escalade or a, you know or, or a Yukon, <laughs> and you don't have to go to any of the lines. You're the, pre- you're the president. Yeah, of Disney, right. So you could do that, nice. you know, with your with your YouTube show. That would be cool. And I was actually, actually pretty surprised. I mean, yeah, it, it costs money, but I was actually pretty surprised. Like that, I think that they could have charged more. I mean, they're they're going and getting your your food for you while you're on the ride, and then you get off the ride, right. they're standing there with your drinks and you know snacks and all that stuff. But but yeah, I would recommend. Scholler family, Disney, you know, really soon. And if you have any questions on Disney, mm-hmm. you know, my daughter's six okay. and she's been eight times. So I, I know my way around. I'm happy. I'm happy to. Uh, to Your to tour guide. That's, that's so that's right. a that's another huge perk of the, the ch- channel because we travel so much. We often don't pay. Uh, like we're going to the Wolf Lodge. I don't know if you yeah, guys are familiar well, with it. Yeah, of course. That. So we're going to the world. They're they're sponsoring us for four days there. So a lot of places we go, uh, Bora Bora, some of our resorts stay like they just cover us because they know we're going to shout out their resort or whatever. And usually they upgrade us to their nicest room. How do they feel about they you bringing that. your cousins <laughs> on those? Trips. Yeah, there we go. I can do that. So this is where, if I had to say we're all in on something, I would say like it's probably the Scholler family at this point. Like we're still very active in real estate. You know, if any of my investors are listening, don't worry, you're, you're right. safe. I'm still paying attention. But I would think that we're all in on that. And private money lending is probably where we've kind of niched down to a lot over the last year or two, just because it allows us to spend as much time together as possible 
while still feeling like we're being productive and have a purpose. And that's been a very nice mix for us. Now we're not all we're not all in in the terms of like we're not investing elsewhere or that we don't count for YouTube just disappearing tomorrow. We're always accounting for worst case, but where our focus really is is right there. My wife is like she was meant to do ads. Like if you guys ever watch one of our YouTube videos, this girl can pick up a script. I can't do it. I don't do any of our ads, not even on my channel. She does them on my channel. She can get a script, read it, retain it, spit it out, and sounds like it was completely unscripted. If it's me, I'm forgetting one word. I got to refilm. I screw it up. I, like my ADHD kicks in. But that has really helped us. It sounds like your wife's like, better than you in every single way, which I understand. So is everything. Mine. So it's is annoying. Plants. It's right. annoying. Well, yeah. Welcome to the club. <laughs> well, Welcome and a lot of people probably listening don't know, but you know, nurse anesthetist school is like no joke. I mean, there's only a few schools in the country that you can even go to to get your nurse anesthetist degree and like it's the pinnacle of nursing i mean can you like, spell anesthetist oh my gosh you kidding me <laughs> yeah. you can barely right. say it i've been right. sitting there concentrating on it throughout I the still can't spell. <laughs> so i get it right but yeah. so there's no doubt that she's a she's a very smart you know person because not i mean you and i aren't getting through that school no there's, there's a zero no. percent chance that you know no. that we we be getting through that you can't you can't show up drunk to class in that yeah school. yeah well, we we joke about that. We we both went to Indiana University and went to, through the business school, and we've heard about the criteria to get into Indiana's business school. Now we wouldn't get in now. Yeah, I don't. We get in. I don't even remember applying to the business school. We talk about this all the time. I don't. Even, I felt like I got because you were drunk in, all the because I was drunk all the time. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's one of the best business schools in the nation, and all these kids talk about how special it is, and I'm like, special? I graduated with a 1.3 in high school. You know, I don't. Yeah. But they let us yeah, us in. Let us in. Well. I'd, I'd like to sit there and turn this into about four different podcasts. Like I said, this has been really fun, and it, I, I love your story. You've got uh, you've got two fans of the Scholler family uh, YouTube channel that we're uh, I'm going to be watching. You know, tonight my my wife's going to a, a Christian concert with some with some yeah. friends, and me and my girls are going to be checking out the uh, the Scholler YouTube awesome. um, channel tonight. But uh, we we like to end with uh, with three real estate related questions on our podcast i don't know that we have to stick to it with real estate because of yes you've got the real estate uh you know uh background but just take the uh, let's take the words real ahead. estate out of this yeah so what's the best decision you have ever made mary and my wife man no, has no. There's no wow. no question. There wasn't about. a hesitation. No, I got to work on that timing in I case I'm like, ever asked. I like, so I can. <laughs> I feel like less of a man right now because yeah. it was just like boom. What? Right. <laughs> it's it, and it's 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 second right there with adopting our daughter. Like it's yeah. obviously without my wife, the do my daughter doesn't. This is this, this situation doesn't exist. But those two things are the best things that ever happened. All right. Any decisions in life? Uh, the biggest one that you regret. Biggest one that I regret. Uh, not buying Bitcoin in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even really know what Bitcoin that's, that's is. A no, that's a financial one, but I just, I've just i been watching the crash lately. But yeah. even if you bought in 2011, this still isn't a crash. So I bought okay, a bunch but. of it in 2012. I bought four Bitcoins at, at, when it was $400. I think it was 2012. Oh Maybe it was eleven, four hundred dollars, and my coin. It was when Coinbase first came out, and my wallet kept trying to get hacked. I kept getting emails, and uh, they closed my. And it scared me because I don't know anything about any of that, and I sold them all, you know. And yeah, but 
Full disclosure, I'm not a huge crypto fan. Yeah. I have some, like, I have less than 1% of my net worth invested in in crypto just in case, see what happens. I'm scared at um, how easy it appears to be for young folks now to be able to buy it. I noticed in my PayPal, someone paid me with Bitcoin recently. They paid me with Ethereum. Seriously? Yeah, my PayPal and Venmo. My Someone paid me in Venmo um, with crypto. So that scares me a little bit. I mean, maybe that's good that it's being adopted and used for the first yeah. time, which is what it was supposed to, but it scares me how accessible it is like for my kids to be able to, oh, I want to chase that dream, you know. Yeah, I'm not a crypto denier anymore. I think yeah. too many big firms and big brands and big businesses have taken it on. I just don't know what it will be and which coin it will be. And so I don't advise anybody. Like it's it's way too risky for me, and I don't teach about it. But it was more of a joke to answer your yeah. question. But that is, I, I do wish I bought into that. Right. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I remember being at a real estate conference at about the same time. We were out in Phoenix, I think, and um, yeah, you know, there was there that was someone up on stage that was talking about about bitcoin That's and i right. remember sitting there talking about how stupid and how ridiculous <laughs> it is and then i remember us talking about that conversation a couple of years ago thinking man you remember when that guy was up on stage did he talk right <laughs> after us or something yeah. He, yeah so we talked about real estate and then the guy afterwards is bitcoin and clint's just back there just what moron who's gonna listen to this that's yeah. that's never gonna be worth anything i'm kind of an old fuddy-duddy but then we talked about it a couple of years ago like could you imagine the money that we would have right. made and we listened to the guy at the time whatever but, you know what it could it sounds like you you're living a purposeful life just like us so so we're blessed no matter what but uh okay last thing and I will keep this real estate related. What real estate advice do you have for that next generation? You know, get, get around people like this could go with anything, but get around people that are doing what you want to do as soon as possible. I'm not, and I'm not the strict kind of like, there's a lot of like memes out there or like quotes, like leave the people behind and get around the people you want to be. You don't necessarily have to leave people behind, but you got to mix it up. You can't stay around the same people you're around doing the same thing to having the same talks and taking no action. Are you going to be doing that next year? Mix it up. Hang with those people too. You don't have to get rid of all your old friends and family unless they're toxic, but get around other people too and mix it up. Maybe bring an old friend with you to meet these new friends, but you have got to get around these people. And then finally, like, not just get around them, but join up with people that are your yin and yang, that are yin to your yang, that like push you, that maybe are more risky than you are. Don't let them drag you into bad things, but allow them to push you. Allow them to like encourage you is probably a better word for it to take that action and uh, and do that as soon as possible. And and that would be my advice for almost anything you want to do in life, but especially real estate. It's really really interesting advice. Some of the best advice I ever got was very similar, which is. Make sure that the people around you celebrate your successes and mourn with you on your losses. That's how you can tell you're around the right people. And um, it sounds like you encourage, it's great advice to get around the right people, the right people that push you, that encourage you, that celebrate with you your successes. And it's, I think it's yeah, I, great advice. I like to advise most people, and it might sound extreme, but if you can, and can, Canadians do this, and I think it's pretty smart. If you can, after 18, instead of running off to college, go travel for a year. Go anywhere and go get out of where you've lived or around the people you're used to being with and get out. I'm not saying you don't return. I'm not even saying it might change your mind or anything. Your ideals will change. They probably will. But I think that like your your mind will open. You will be a, 
You will see new things. Do that for at least one year before deciding what you want to do in college or what you want to do with the rest of your life. And if not that, after you graduate college, also just move. I think a lot of people stay in the situation that they're in for too long, and then they they like to blame everything. And oftentimes it's just your surroundings. You don't have any opportunity or people presenting to you opportunities that you might have elsewhere. And what's the worst that can happen? It's one year. I wish you would have talked to my kids. I told, I've offered to pay for a year for them before college to go explore in life, and they turned it down. Oh, I man. wish you would have been around then to talk to them. We backpacked Europe for four weeks um, when we were probably, my wife and I were probably in our mid-20s. And the number of like 18 and 19-year-old Canadian people that were just out by themselves. These be, this, this girl was 18 years old. I felt it was a little bit risky, but maybe I'm being too too risky there. I don't know if I'd want my daughter at 18 traveling the world with a backpack, but she's having a blast, right? And she discovered she wanted on that trip, she discovered she wanted to be a photographer. And now she's one of the best photographers to so get a huge following on Instagram. Does she figure that out if she did not travel for that year? I don't know. But I just really like the idea of it because I think I think we're sold the quote unquote of the American dream of like Go to high school, get good grades, go to college, and it better be a good college, right? Because if you go to community school, you're not as cool. That's not true, but this is what we're told. And then finish college, get married ASAP, buy the white picket fence home, go into debt, and your main goal in life, the biggest asset for you to ever own is your house. And that's it. That's where it wraps up for you. And I think that I think for a lot of people that just doesn't fit anymore, and then you get tied into debt too early and tied into um, life. I mean – Teach their own, and every situation is different. But like having kids at twenty-two, you've really limited yourself. I really feel like you've limited yourself. I'm not saying that some people shouldn't, or that some people don't, or it, it wasn't your choice. But if you're making the choice to get married and have kids at like nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, and buy that house, I really feel like you put a lot of shackles on yourself. But I if, agree. If, if, does that feel wrong? I mean, I, I no, I no, I agree. I think there's positives and negatives to both sides. But you know, I, I had my first child at thirty-six. Um, and you know, the great thing about it is, you know, we were, uh, my wife was successful. My, my wife was in the pharmaceutical industry and, you know, I, I already, you know, had my successes in real estate, you know, and then it offered, you know, me the ability to send my kid to private school and different things that we were comfortable and we were able to go to Disney and not think about it and do these things. Right. Like if I, if I had a kid at 22, you know, we would have been eating ramen noodles, right. you know, like, uh, you know, so I, I, I totally agree. I didn't get married till my, my late thirties, you know, I, I packed in a lot of life in there. So, you know, I, I agree with it, you know, live while you're young. I just wish my kids would have, would have, would have uh, you would have talked to them into it. Cause I thought it was an amazing offer to pay for them to have oh, a year for off sure. before, uh, and, and support them with it. But the, the good thing is they're, they're moving away after college. So that's second best. <laughs> there you, know? you go. I, and I don't mean that for us. I want them as close as yeah. possible, and I'll visit them all the time. But they need to get it out of that bubble, like you said. It's easy to – I have a friend who has only left the county once. Um, yeah, one time. Has only left the county he lives in. Mm. You know, it's, it, you get stuck in a rut in life if you don't explore and get uncomfortable. You know, yes, it's, agreed. It's, it's okay to go out and be uncomfortable in this world. Well, John – we really enjoyed having you on the show, man. We really appreciate your time. Your story is uh, is amazing. Like I said, you've got. Um, we hope that we could help you ex- expand your your audience because we believe in your message and you know what you're doing out there. So we we're very gracious. Thanks so much for coming on. Frugal investor, Scholler family. 
more than money. Yeah, I appreciate you guys so much. I hope that some people find this valuable and it helps them get to where they're going in life. And I'll share your guys' stuff as well. And if y'all want to have me back on one day, uh, we can talk about something else. It would be our pleasure. The offer goes the other way, my friend. If there's anything we can do to help you. Bora Bora, uh, we're available. That's right. Costa Rica, whatever you need, we're available. Well, that's our show. We really thank John Scholler for coming on. Yes, you got to check him out. Check out More Than Money Consulting. Check out the Scholler Family YouTube channel. Check out the Frugal Investor. More Than Money, 50 bucks a month. Check this guy out, man. It's unbelievable the, the knowledge that this guy has. And how refreshing is it to see someone with this kind of success be so down to earth and so humbled? We're inspired. Till next time, everybody. Happy investing.